Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I should tell you, I love food. I love meat in particular. And every now and then, actually last week, I had a a hankering for good old street meat, have a a good old sausage. And went to a a good sausage cart nearby, enjoyed it thoroughly. And then this week, I I, I have instant regrets of that when a report came out that one in five sausages tested across the country from grocery stores contain meats that were not the ones they were supposed to have. Now, it was a a relatively small sample size. It was conducted by researchers at the University of Guelph, which were working on a request from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. They looked at 100 sausages that were labeled as having either beef, pork, chicken, or turkey. And 20 of them, one in five, had off-label ingredients in them. Now, this is going to bother you a little bit. Of the beef sausages, they looked at 27 of them. And seven of them, so almost one in four beef sausages, contain pork. Of the 20 chicken sausage, four of them, so one in five, contain turkey. And one of them had beef in it. Of the 15 turkey sausages, one-third of them, five had no turkey at all, were entirely chicken. And of 38 pork sausages, one contained horse meat. So some big points of concern here if you think you're buying something that has no pork for religious reasons if you're buying something maybe for another reason whatever you might not be getting it here i want to bring into the show here professor keith warner who's a professor of food safety at the uh, university of guelph professor good to have you on the show thanks very much for your time today Oh, good afternoon, Andrew. One thing that stands out here, we're not talking about just some, you know, trace amounts from the machine not being cleaned here, but actual major quantities to the point where you can suggest it's almost deliberate, it looks like. Um, Well, kind of. Um, Just to put the regulatory sort of hat on, uh, typically when we find meat, uh, more than 1% of the total meat there, we deem that as uh, too excessive. You've allowed less than 1%. And in this study, which was done by Robert Hanna, who's a few uh, buildings down, uh, most of the samples which contain this other meat actually contain between 1% and 5%. So when you mention, well, it could be down to the fact they didn't clean the machines out. In actual fact, um, that could, that's one possibility. Uh, but there's other possibilities where, should we say, it was more of economic um, gain for the processor. When something like this happens, do we know at which point in the supply chain before getting to the grocery store shelves someone wasn't doing what they were supposed to? I mean, is this a problem with the the farms? Is it a problem with the processors, the packagers? Does it go down to the grocery store level? Uh, well, the grocers, I guess, uh, could be held accountable for a, a certain amount because they oversee their supply chain. But the, the reality is we're living, living in a global market now. And food fraud is one of the easiest uh, things to do. If it makes us feel any better, which I don't think it does, in South Africa, when they did a 
corresponding study, they found 68% of their uh, meats that were mislabeled, they contained something that they didn't. And, you know, if we go back to the uh, sort of horse meat back in 2013 in Europe, uh, which was an elaborate distribution network starting in Romania, um, essentially what they did is supply uh, one distributor who's then just relabeled it as beef, and that's how easy it is. So when we say who's accountable, it's really we've got such a complex chain is that any one of those people because it's all based on trust, you know, could it, should we say, uh, mislabel something or even supplement uh, their recipe with a meat that uh, isn't so much on the label? Now, I know that we're only talking in this case about 100 sausages, so a fairly small sample size, uh, but was this from different stores and different brands and, and of a, a pretty wide cross-section from what you've read? So what I've read, and I assume this is what they did, is they took it from uh, random stores at retail. And even though we say, well, it's only 100 sausages, my sort of viewpoint is saying, well, if they found this in 100, uh, if they took 1,000, they would probably find much more, isn't it? Because uh, mm-hmm. if it's so prevalent, and uh, the reality is, is that um, you know, food fraud is one of the sort of biggest crimes I would imagine over the last two or three years and it's growing even more so even though the sampling wasn't at retail it was only 100 I think it does represent what's going on out there. Is this illegal under current regulations in Canada? Uh, Yes it is Uh, anything above one percent so uh, to go back a step um, typically what happens is that when a meat processor is doing turkey sausages and they're going to do a changeover they can't just sanitize everything down they just have to follow it through and that one percent um really translates to what would be expected for that transfer but anything above one percent uh, yeah definitely you're in that sort of area where it is illegal um now i do i read um about the horse meat one which is a bit more alarming because uh, being british <laughs> we don't usually go for a horse we've got this sort of phobia <laughs> against it, even though in canada obviously it's a bit different uh, they actually went to visit the the providers of that and the place had been shut down, uh, which basically tells you there's probably a bit of a legal activity there. So, yes, and the um, so it is illegal to do this. It's illegal to do food fraud, and it's becoming increasingly a problem. But the thing is, is that there's been some classic cases of food fraud where it's gone to court, and the people have been issued very big fines. Um, so. We're certainly trying to counter it, for sure. Now, is it the responsibility of the Canadian Food Inspection Agency to typically inspect and investigate these types of cases? So what the CFAA role is, is if they find a complaint, they should impose and go and investigate it. But at the end of the day, it's the process that ultimately responsible. And even the retailer can be actually caught in this web, although they try to deflect it. So the processor is ultimately responsible for it. And the CFAA, um, you know, they haven't got the resources because one of the big things about detecting fraud, it's so difficult and uh, it's very expensive. So really what it's down to is the processor themselves having to make sure their supply chains are good and uh, obviously their sort of um, operations won't be open to people putting different meats in Mm -hmm. their hot dogs. 
So I guess the big question that a lot of people should have here is how can they have any guarantee if if we're talking about one in five? Are there, you know, certifications like, you know, kosher and halal, for example, which are enforced by separate bodies? Are there certifications that are for non-religious purposes on meat or sausages that people can look at and know, yes, this is what I'm getting because it's gone through this above and beyond inspection? Now, I wish I could say yes to that, and uh, I'm pretty sure most of the time it is right, but it's interesting, just uh, last month there was a case in the court where a company was passing things off as kosher when there weren't, and they got fined $25,000 for it. So the thing about food fraud, there's no real way of knowing, and do we put our faith in the, uh, the system? But I think I can confidently, well, as confident as one can be, is that what you usually buy what you, you, you're getting, uh, what is certified, because you do pay a premium for that. But as I mentioned, food fraud is, we don't know the extent of it, to be honest. And, uh, but we do know it's a, a serious thing. But, you know, people, I guess, have to have faith in the system. Well, and that's becoming difficult now that we have more and more uh, researchers and also consumer-focused media outlets even that are looking into these things. I remember there was the case a couple of months ago where CBC had, had looked at Subway and they found that uh, the chicken only had half of chicken DNA because it was you know subjected to a lot of filler CBC charged. And uh, it's worth noting it is now being sued by Subway for that report. And I remember also seeing a piece a couple of months ago that was looking at olive oil. And we have some some pretty tight regulations in Canada, but even with those, you have just a, a massive amount of fraud, and and so many of these things people would never detect because they either don't have the the palate to to sort of understand it, or they're only comparing it to what they've ever known, which may itself be you know a fraudulent application of something. And they and you're exactly right. Um, you know, an interesting sideline is that in the Victorian times, when people used to put uh, chicory to extend the coffee, uh, that was the ultimate food for. Well, people got used to it. So, you know, going back to your last point, um, it's uh, got people's demand. And the thing about food fraud, and uh, this, I think, this is why retailers tend to turn a blind eye. Because no, nobody does know the difference. Um, you know, if you go into the wine industry in Europe, for example, they confiscated 400,000 liters of wine last year alone because of fraud. And but the thing is, you drink wine, you say, well, you know, I don't know the difference. And um, you know, if you go back to the uh, sort of Mexican tomatoes from a company in Leamington, where they were passing. Uh, Mexican tomatoes off the Canadian and you know, charging a premium. Uh, there's no way of knowing is that a Mexican tomato or, or is it a uh, Canadian. So it's a, a very easy crime um, to make. And you know, should people be concerned? I think any sort of concern is because, it, in a way, it's deception, isn't it? And in the case of meat, it's even more uh, critical because if they're going to mislabel meat, isn't it, is what else are you going to find in there? Yeah. Is it that they're going to say, follow food safety uh, protocols and, uh, you know, in that meat outbreak, in the horse meat outbreak, they're actually finding drugs in there, which was uh, useful in advertised horses and things like that. But uh, not to alarm people, though, I think, uh, low and beho- um, in the broad terms, that uh, the food system is safe. Uh, 
we've got a lot of respectful processors out there, but it's always the odd one or two, isn't it, that uh, is a weak link. Well, and in this case, as you mentioned, one in five. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 if there is an area, I mean, I guess the suggestion is go out and buy a grinder and, and grind your own uh, meat for sausages. They'll uh, take a little bit more work, but you'll know what you're putting in it most likely. Uh, joining me on the line is from the University of Guelph in Ontario, food safety professor Keith Warriner. Professor Warriner, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Great to speak with you. No, thank you, Andrew. All right, all the best to you, sir. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.